0: This is the Clutch Picks Sports Betting Podcast. My name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for tuning into this, another week of Football Picks. We made it through the NFL season, and it's now playoff time. This is Super Wild Card Weekend, kids. We got playoff picks for you. Made it through the entire regular season. And now it is time to finish strong. Hit the playoffs running. My name is Sean Alexander. I'm joined by my guy, Mr. Matt Russell. And first off, get through the particulars of wrapping up a regular season in which last week, a seven and nine week, which I will take a seven and nine week in week 18 because <laughs> it's week 18 and it's pure bleepery going on. But it brings a season total to 136, 129, and seven. Listen. It's Just the kind of season it's been, but you know what? Playoffs, new life, new time. I'm ready to go, Mr. Matt Russell. How are you feeling on the brink of not just wild card weekend, right. but super wild card weekend?
1: How That's right. How are you, my dude? Uh, I'm good, man. Uh, gl- you know, you hate to say it because listen, when it when August rolls around, hell, when a couple even months before that rolls around. You're just dying for the NFL to start. Right. And you'd hate to be the guy who is like, you know, oh, you know, I'm kind of done. I'm glad the season's over. I'm kind of glad the regular season's over, man. Like, it's funny. Y- you get to the point where you're like, yeah, you know what? 18 is the right number. Right. Because when the season was 17 weeks and, you know, what the wild card weekend wasn't so super you know, you can, you can talk me into another week or two, right? Like you finish that season. You're like, Oh, it's so short. Like I love it so much. Like give me more. And like, if the NFL extends it any further right? and listen, they're not at any risk of going out of business here. So don't get me wrong, but it's like, I think that would be a mistake because I think, you know, especially combined with how big college football is as well. Right. Where that's extending even further next season. It's like, you know what? I think 18 is the right number. Like, you know, the, you know, the reason I don't love the NBA, I don't love the NHL in, in sort of in the same way is probably is possibly because there are just too many games and when it comes to the nfl because i'm not watching just quote unquote my team i'm watching every single game right like that's 270 some odd games so like yeah 270 might be the number right 270 over 18 weeks might be the number for me so awesome season don't get me wrong you know i don't like to talk about one of my superstitions maybe maybe my only superstition is i don't like to talk about like record and like how well things are you know specifically how well things are going throughout the season but over at the score we ended up up 90 units this year with some you know in part because of some really for- good fortune when it when it comes to uh uh, futures markets and player prop markets and stuff, right? To having cool. a big season and, and Tyreek Hill, obviously, along with him and Dak Prescott having a big season. You go back to the preview episode of this podcast, roll through that. And you're going to hear things like high on the Dolphins, high on the Cowboys, high on the Ravens. So, you know, won't come as a surprise to you that the future stuff went well and the game stuff went uh, pretty well, uh, you know, pretty good as well. So, um, you know, excited for the playoffs here. 13 more games. When you think of it that way, it's less than one week of a regular season or, you know, a, a fully fledged, full-fledged buy, you know, uh, s- what sex tuple by week type season uh, or type week. Uh, so 13 games left here spread out over the next you know, month or so. Um, so we're going to de- get really deep into some of these games, um, you know, both here and uh, in my stuff over at the score. So I'm looking forward to
0: Well, here we go. We're getting started on Super Wild Card Weekend with some Saturday action here. We got the Browns at the Texans. Browns favored by two and a half points here. And I really want to take the Texans. I really do. I think at three, I think at three and a half, you got me there for sure. But this is why Vegas is Vegas, right? These teams obviously played very recently. And even though that was Davis Mills, not CJ Stroud, I still got to lay the points here with the Cleveland Browns. I just think defense wins. I think, you know, the Texans might be feeling some sort of happy to be here type vibes. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like at two and a half, the way the defense has been playing Joe Flacco's a vet been there before. Don't really know how Stroud's going to react. Although I I think he'll be good, but it's just, I got to ride with the defense here of the Cleveland Browns. Give me the Browns. I'll lay the two and a half points.
1: Yeah, it it was one of those things where because the Texans are this kind of theoretically more exciting team or sort of more interesting, you know, you kind of want them to be good. You know, we talked about this before the season, right, where they went from the team who was like, you know, the team we would bet on, uh, you know, plus 10 and a half and just kind of hope they could scrape together 60 good minutes each week to this team that was in a bunch of coin flip type games. And they won more coin flip games than they lost. And so, you know, you sort of, You know, not that they're everybody's second best, you know, second favorite team, but they're like, they're up there in teams that you want to see succeed. And so when I started digging into this game, my mindset kind of going in was like, okay, well, first of all, what's the number? And the number sort of, you know, I I thought should have been around one and a half for the Browns. So you go, okay, at two and a half. Now we're getting closer to three. And if we could get three, that would be a bet for me on the Texans. But then the more you dig into the game. And you look at like various matchups, et cetera, et cetera, and obviously how well the Browns have played on offense, you know, in the Joe Flacco mini-era here. <laughs> There's just kind of nothing. There's kind of no path really for the Texans to kind of have an advantage that you can pinpoint before the game starts. Now, listen, once a football game starts, you get into weird stuff. Listen, I've never had it. I've never been on a team that recovered uh, or I've never bet on a team that have uh, recovered a muffed punt. So like, you know, there could be a series of muffed punts that we actually that the Texans actually get or, you know, something along those lines. Right. You know, the old fumble at the one yard line turns the game. Oh, you know, stuff like that. So things could get crazy, but, you know, think about it. You know, you mentioned the defense with the Browns, right? Like, no, C.J. Stroud didn't have to go against the Browns defense. But at this point, when you look at, you know, especially when you look at the box score from last week, and it's like Nico Collins and no one else, and then the Browns are sitting there with Denzel Ward, right? Like, the Colts don't have Denzel Ward. They do not. And and the Browns are getting back Grant Delpit. And so you're getting, you know, kind of the best version here of the Browns, the healthiest version of the Browns, because they come into this game, you know, you could make the case back when that game happened, you know, unfortunately, as you mentioned, Stroud didn't play, but you could make the case those two teams are about equal. And, you know, we're certainly going through the same thing, right down to like both pass rushers were playing with injuries and, you know, a handful of injuries on the offensive line and, and obviously throughout the secondary. And then the browns win that game you know you can say because stroud didn't play but it sort of set them on a path where they then needed essentially one more game to clinch clinch a playoff berth and then could sit their injured guys in week 18. so they're coming in all fresh right and because the texans lost that game then they have to play this do or die game last week against the colts where it's all hands on deck will anderson's hobbling around out there Right. They weren't even able to get some of their you know, receivers, everybody outside of Nico Collins, essentially, uh, to be able to play. And those injury reports have looked kind of dicey as well when it comes to Robert Woods, when it comes to uh, Noah Brown. And so you just go like, yeah, it kind of felt like the Texans victory, their Super Bowl, if you will, was last week against the Colts. And so when you kind of, you go, okay, well, yeah, okay, they're at home, but like, cool, but the Browns did pretty well in Houston, you know, handling whatever, you know, atmosphere there is in Houston last week anyway, or last week, uh, three weeks ago anyway. So you just kind of go through and you go, okay, well, maybe the, you know, maybe Joe Flacco turns the ball over, et cetera, et cetera. And you go through that and you're like, yeah, he's turned the ball over. But it hasn't much mattered in these games because the offense is so much better with Joe Flacco, shocking, than they are than they were with PJ Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson, to the point where those two guys aren't even the backup this week. Jeff Driscoll is the backup this week, which you know, internally, you know, you try to look for signs with some of these teams. You look and you go, wow, if the Browns don't like those two guys so much that they're willing to make Jeff Driscoll the if Joe Flacco gets hurt option. That must Crazy. mean that like those guys really, really are bad. And they went to quote unquote war with those guys. And it's just like, that's what they kind of, that's the kind of deficit that they went into those games with, or at least in their own opinion. And the fact that they won those, you know, a lot of those games to stay, you know, in the hunt and obviously get to a point where when you win four straight games, you know, towards the end of the season, you can clinch that playoff spot, man, like this Browns team, you know, look and think about it going into the season, right? It was like, well, Browns, man, they're super loaded. Like, Talent wise, maybe if Deshaun Watson could just sort of like get back to any sort of semblance of like quality, and like that <laughs> never happened. It, you know, did it? I mean, it, it happened for maybe one game before he got hurt. But you know, listen, kudos. Joe Flacco comes in and he's playing really, really well, and he's found a connection there with Amari Cooper and David Joku. And so, yeah, man, like offensively, the Browns at this point, last game we saw them play fully formed against the Jets, who are. You know, not the best defense. Not certainly the defense we thought they were going to be. They aren't terrible. You know, they were over seven yards per play yeah. in that game, right? And that would that would be far and away sort of make you number one if you could maintain a seven point one yards per play, um, you know, uh, pace over the course of the season. So, honestly, the Browns have the have the best unit in their defense, and they might have the second best unit in their offense here. And that is problematic for, again, a rookie quarterback who's going against a defense that disguises a lot of their uh, coverages. And I think you see C.J. Stroud throw an interception here. And uh, and honestly, I think the, the Texans are in for a tough time here. Um, as much as I wanted going in, I wanted to be the guy being like, oh, let's see if we can get the three and, and then play the Texans. I, you know, it's grab the minus two and a half with the Browns while you can.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with you there. And like it's such an interesting part too, where you see this season where there's been so many quarterbacks getting minutes, getting burn here, getting reps. Yeah. And sorry, my basketball mind's still on. I'm sorry. That's, you know, people understand. (laughs) My point is you've seen so many different quarterbacks get play and Joe Flacco. It's a reminder of the vet quarterback who's just able to like read defenses, right? Able to read pressure, see those simple things that some of the younger quarterbacks that we're seeing more and more and more just struggle with. And this could be one where, as mentioned, Stroud has struggled this season. There's numbers out there, about Stroud's struggling this season when you're sending the house at him and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. But yes, we are on the Cleveland Browns Uh, switching gears from that game to the Saturday night game. Dolphins at chiefs, Kansas city chiefs favored by four and a half little Vegas zone action here. I'm going to be on the Kansas city chiefs laying the four and a half. Two things, right? That are not in the favor of the Miami dolphins would be the weather and injuries. To me, those are two very important things when it comes down to playing playoff football, yeah. The Chiefs, we know they've struggled for a while now, and I get it, it's tough, but I feel like they can play in this weather. Mahomes, I mean, Mahomes is Mahomes, he doesn't care. But even if need be, they could flip this over and just turn this into a pound-the-rock type offensive game, and then, you know, he might open some things up for a play-action pass deep. Like, they can figure this out. Whereas Tua in the weather and versus this KC defense, which, again, I still think is really, really good, Yeah, I'll I'll take the Chiefs here and lay the four and a half points.
1: Yeah, you know, tough for me to argue that the only sort of case against that or, you know, you obviously laid out the case for it. Right. And the idea that you've got, you know, systematically when you lose kind of like one guy every two weeks, you don't really notice it. Um, in, in putting together a handicap during the regular season for for an individual game, right? But then you go back and you look at it, and you're like, okay, Jalen Phillips, you know, that was like six weeks ago, and you know, Connor Williams, this you know, Dolphin center, and it's like, okay, that was you know, four weeks ago now, something along those lines, um, you know, and then you know, what's week seventeen, right, where it was Bradley Chubb. And Jalen Waddell misses the game last week. Raheem Mostert misses the game last week. And we'll see if those guys play. I think I'd be a little bit more optimistic, or I'm a lot more optimistic in, in Raheem Mostert being able to play, but we'll see. And, you know, it's just, okay, that's a lot of dudes, man. That's a lot of guys that that you're missing. And then you talk about the weather, and it's going to be super cold and it's going to be windy. And so you're looking at both these quarterbacks having to throw – You know if you've ever played you know football in the cold even just throwing the ball around with your friends right it's like throwing a you know this like rock hard kind of center block type thing around you know and i don't know that either team is going to be able to strike deep i think that's probably a good thing for the chiefs because (laughs) when they try to throw the ball deep to their sort of one deep you know speed threat marcus valdez scantling very rarely does that go particularly well Um, So I think, you know, yeah, you mentioned it, Patrick Mahomes, like more suited to being able to kind of like get the ball up and down the field here in sort of a slower, more methodical way, I think is Isaiah Pacheco is going to catch a few passes here. So look for him in the prop market at over three and a half receptions. Mm -hmm. The problem, yeah, the problem is, is that for me, you know, me, like I'm, I'm really, you know, kind of averse to taking a, you know, a bad number, whether it was a number that opened a certain way and has gotten too far or a number that, you know, quote unquote, should have been a lot lower. And so this game, if played if played in Germany, for example, which is <laughs> where these two teams played earlier on in the season, you know, the number is probably, you know, Chiefs minus one and a half. And we saw that game close as a pick them. So, you know, you'd take me, you know, point and a half, maybe two, maybe even two and a half for the injury element here with the Dolphins. But you know, it's hard for me to get to a point where you'd be laying sort of a field goal on on a neutral site. And that's where we are right now with the number being four and a half, because you add a point and a half for the Chiefs having home field advantage. And that's how you get to four and a half, right? So yeah, this number normally being, you know, sort of theoretically being two and a half or three under normal conditions. It's like now I'm asking the Chiefs to do a thing that listen, it's not seven and a half, but four and a half is a number that this this game, you know, because it's so kind of grimy and, and tough to move the ball, this game is sort of a three or a four point game, and the Chiefs have the ball late, right? There's obviously no reason for them to to cover this spread when they can get out uh, get out a dodge with a victory, so. I'm looking more to the total and I know it's sort of like oh god Russell's on a total like you know everybody look out here we're we're do we're we're going to get hit with multiple defensive touchdowns you know there's going to be a shorthanded goal you know like stuff like that um this this total's come down off of its original open but it's crept back up with some buyback once it hit 42 and a half it's sitting around 44 and a half I'm waiting to bet it because I'm wondering if we can't get it to creep up a little bit more because 45 is you know kind of a key number. Think of it this way, right? 24, 21 being kind of a you know relatively common score. You know, even a 31, 14 would be sort of the blowout score in a lot of cases. I, you know, I think both teams can move the ball. I think Miami is going to you know get back to their run game, especially if Mostert can play. But if even if he can't, right? It's you know it's a running back. Like let's get HN out there. Let's get you know Wilson out there. Um, I think both teams can kind of more gradually move the ball. I think kicking is going to be difficult in this weather. So I think you're going to see some potential fourth down, you know, if, uh, you know, what did they say? If, uh, two down territory, as soon as any team, you know, gets past the 40 yard line, you know, you're sitting there on third and five, you're probably running the ball instead of passing the ball so that you can give your chance yourself a chance on fourth down. So, you know, that's going to extend a lot of drives here. And, you know, even in the, the neutral territory in Germany, uh, weird to say neutral territory in Germany in the same sentence, um, even on, you know, on a neutral field, 20, 21 to 14, that was a 35 point game. And that was like best case scenario as far as conditions and health for both those teams. So I think the under is the play here in kind of like a really kind of, you know, dark, windy, cold, see your breath type of a game here where I think, you know, moving the ball down the field in large chunks and listen, it, When you're dealing with Tyreek Hill, that could be a five-yard screen pass that can go 40 yards. So I wouldn't go nuts with like the under on long pass completions or anything like that because you just Mm -hmm. never know. But for me, it's more just like okay, there's going to be a lot of running the football, you know, a lot of short passing game, not not a high volume game. I think for either quarterback. Uh, and particularly for Tua, because I trust the Chiefs defense, as you, know, as you alluded to, I trust the G- T- Chiefs defense more than I do the Dolphins defense, because of obviously, you know, the injuries and that sort of thing, Chiefs defense coming a lot more healthy, having, you know, similar situations we talked about in the first game, right, where Dolphins fighting as, you know, tooth and nail with that on Sunday night, and now coming back on the short week, you know, speaking of another thing that kind of factors in maybe a half point to the point spread. You know, they have the short week and the Chiefs, you know, went to L.A. And everybody sat on the sidelines except for Chris Jones, who got to celebrate a million dollar sack. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, they, time. you know, and you get that kind of like, rant, you know, Andy Reid on a buy type of type of motif here um, uh, with, you know, pretty considerable difference. So, yeah, I think if you have to bet the side in this game, it's it's Chiefs. Um, I'm just sort of allergic to the idea of like paying the tax, which I, you know, listen, if we're talking about it and everybody else is talking about it with, with regards to the injuries, the weather, it's the rest, then it's going to be built into the, into the market. Right. Yeah. And, and maybe we see it get built in a little bit more. Maybe this goes up five, five and a half, and maybe four and a half ends up being a good deal in the same way that I would have been sort of hesitant to take, you know, minus three with the chiefs. Um, you know, that ended up being a really good bet, so you know, uh, who knows where this necessarily goes, but yeah, it's all kind of stacking up against the dolphins, which is kind of unfortunate. But then again, it's, it was stacking up against them last year, and they almost won a road playoff game at Buffalo with Skylar Thompson. So, I mean,
0: yeah, you know, who knows here? I will say that's a one thing here as we look at this Vegas zone line, and it's like sure. Mike McDaniel, there's a world in which Mike McDaniel's just like saving the super sneaky playbook for playoff time run game like just who knows but yeah whatever it'll be interesting for sure and i think i loved it like that saturday night playoff game like it just makes me it's giving me all the vibes of like a just big time saturday night playoff game in the nfl can't wait don't you? Yeah, the answer.
1: all-timer was what? Raiders and, and Patriots, right? The Tuck rule game. That was a Saturday night S- game. If you're of a certain age and you happen to be in college that, uh, that year, right? That it was sort of like an apex yeah. college memory where you're like, okay, you're, you know, it's Saturday night, you're looking to go out. That game starts, it's in a foot of snow. It's super fun. You know, maybe you get to the bar for the fourth quarter. You're watching, you know, everybody's huddling around the TVs at the bar. And then the tuck rule stuff happens. And everybody's like, wait, what? It's a fumble. It's not a fumble like this, that, or whatever. And then obviously Adam Benetieri kicking those uh, field goals in the snow and and just, you know, uh, kind of a top five, where were you, um, playoff moment there uh, for a Saturday night game. So, um, yeah, won't, won't be out at a bar. I don't think for this one, but, uh, hopefully we get a game, uh, equally as fun. Um, and hopefully there's not that much scoring, but <laughs> when it comes to that, uh, what, what we're wagering on here,
0: fair enough, fair enough. Before we get to our next game, are you tired of spending hours in the kitchen every day when you can spend it analyzing your picks? Do you wanna save time and money while enjoying delicious and nutritious food delivered to your door? If you answered yes, then you need Factor. Factor is the ultimate ready-to-eat meal delivery service that helps me achieve my New Year's resolutions. Whether I wanna lose weight, gain muscle, buy more time, or simply eat better, Factor has a plan for you. I can choose from over 30 different meals each week All made with fresh, high-quality ingredients and cooked by professional chefs. No shopping, no cooking, no cleaning, no fuss. Just heat, eat, and enjoy. With Factor, I can free up my time and energy for the things that matter most to me. I can focus on my picks, my family, my hobbies, or my goals. I can start the new year with a new mindset and a new lifestyle. Be the best version of yourself. Skip the overpriced takeout trap. Factor is cheaper and way more delicious than takeout. Get chef-crafted, restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door. They're ready to heat and eat in just two minutes, which means more time for all of us. Don't let your business stop you from living your best life. Order Factor today. Head to factormeals.com slash cppix50 and use the code CPpicks50 to get 50% off. That's code CPpicks50 at factormeals.com slash CPpicks50 to get 50% off. And now, on to our next game. We move to Sunday's action, and we got the Steelers at the Bills. Bills at home and favored by 10 points. The Bills made it. They won their division, but they did not yeah. look that great. But they did it. Hey, they're here and, you know, new life in the playoffs. I have no idea how the Steelers won 10 games this season, but here we are. And so here are the Pittsburgh Steelers as 10 point dogs. And this might be another weather game as well in Buffalo where weather could play a factor. I would love to have TJ Watt involved, as I'm sure Mike Tomlin would also love that as well. I can't believe I'm saying this but I need you to talk me out of taking Mason Rudolph in the playoffs plus the 10 points here. Cause I'm on, I'm on the Steelers and listen, it's going by the rules where double digit spreads. I'm going to start there. Talk me out of it. Mason Rudolph. Don't like taking Mason Rudolph esque type quarterbacks in the playoffs on the road in weather. But again, here we are. And it's more so, I guess the bills haven't shown me, like, enough to be like, yeah, yeah I'm going to take you to win by 10 against anyone.
1: Yeah, it's interesting the sort of flip that we've had with regards to the Bills. And again, because it's football in the NFL, and, you know, as much as we're, you know, we talked about the idea of the this, this season 18 weeks, like, I think we're good at, at 18 weeks. Like, it's everything is still kind of a small sample size, right? And we went from the Bills you know, we've talked over the course of the season about the bills rating changing, right from being up into that Super Bowl contender into this, you know, in the 70s, to like the point where they kind of dropped into the 50s, you know, certainly the low 60s, when they weren't covering those games before they fired Ken Dorsey, the offensive coordinator. And now you know, almost immediately, you know, in pick'em games against the Eagles and stuff like that. And the Chiefs, they went right back to kind of this contender rating. And that has proven sort of correct in that they've won all these games to you know snoop the 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 2 seed in the division from the dolphins and find themselves in this great spot but what are the two games that they didn't cover in that stretch of you know suppose it five or six straight wins and it was big number against the chargers big number against the patriots and so they went from this team that it was like can they win the you know big game against the good team where they you know the line was close and we know that they can blow teams out to kind of the opposite, where they win these close games, and despite the fact that they just turn, you know, it's just ridiculous turnover after ridiculous turnover, and you're sitting there going, like, what is Josh Allen? <clears throat> right? And you're just like, I, like there, he, there's a, there's a metaphor in here somewhere. There's a comparison in here somewhere, and I just don't know what it is because it's just like he's got everything you'd ever want, except for just like a confused face at the end of like I can't believe that just happened, right? And it's just <laughs> like. He should be that dude who's just running amok in the league. And then it's like, oh, there's another fumble or, you know, oh, there's an interception. It's just like, oh my God, Josh, you're killing me. And they should have covered the game against the Patriots, that big number, right? Like it, it, the Patriots are literally turning the ball over in their own end constantly. Yeah. And it's like, if you can't cover that number, why am I, you know, why am I to expect you to cover this number? And so, I, uh, you know, full disclosure, right? We're talking here on a Thursday morning and just the way that the schedule shakes down where I've written and finished and published, and you can read them right this second, my previews for the Saturday, the two Saturday games, the two games that we just talked about. Well, as soon as we're done talking here, it's Sunday preview season over here for your boy with the idea that all of those get written and finished by Thursday night so that you have Friday and Saturday to read them. And then obviously subsequently Monday will come later. So this is one other than, uh, you know, unlike the basically the rest of the games that we're going to get to is that I haven't come to a conclusion on what I want to bet because honestly, like I look at it and I go, can I look myself in the mirror betting on Mason Rudolph (laughs) and betting on the Steelers without TJ Watt, because I know that they're one in 10 without TJ Watt. And there's a distinct difference from a points per game standpoint. So when we're talking about players, when they, you know, it's always, oh, this player's out. What does that mean to the point spread? What does that mean to the money line in various, in various sports? And it's really hard against small sample size, but is it a small sample size of football? 11 games. If this guy means like a full touchdown, To their points per game, like how is that only essentially like a half point difference? Because it's worth mentioning that even if TJ Watt was in the lineup here, based on the ratings of these two, you know, these teams, this is probably minus nine, right? It's certainly not minus eight and a half, because then you could tease the bills under under three. And good God, how great would that be? So the line's probably nine with TJ Watt, and now it's just you know, just ten, you know, without him. (laughs) It's like, you yeah, know, 10 is somewhat of a key number, right? Like a, like a quasi sort of outside the, the the big boy key numbers. It's, you know, it's a secondary key number. So it's, it's not just one point. It's sort of like one point with an asterisk, but man, that might not be enough. And, you know, we'll, you know. you I'd like to think we probably know pretty soon on, on uh, Sunday uh, at one o'clock here okay, like are the Bills jumping out to lead because are the Bills moving the ball? But honestly, like whether it's the turnovers or not being able to move the ball against the Patriots, which is really the bummer thing where they were scoring points on on those short fields that that Zappi created for them. But you know what? Mason Rudolph could probably, you know, create some short fields as well. So, you know, I just look at this and I, you know, I'm with you. It's like a lot of points. But again, you, that, that a lot of points is great until you look up and it's like 20 to three because Mason Rudolph can't move the ball in cold weather, you know, potentially some wins here as well. And the, you know, Bills are able to do kind of just enough, but honestly I'm not even positive the Bills can do just enough because there have been some kind of down moments here with this Bills offense, you know, and, you know, we just talked about some of these teams that were playing kind of tooth and nail last week and the Steelers are playing tooth and nail. They had an easier go of it. It was kind of a weird game, you know, uh, gale force, you know, uh, monsoon adjacent type deal <laughs> in, in Baltimore. But like, you know, it's kind of a short week for the Bills. You had to kind of put everything into that game, even if by the time they got to that game, they at least knew they were going to make the playoffs. But they wanted to win the division for obvious reasons. You get this sort of cozy matchup in you know, in in the wildcard weekend, which you know no other team has here, as you can tell from all the other point spreads. So, you yeah, know, I'm not going to get in your way here when it comes to the Steelers plus 10. But, you know, I, I'm also not going to commit to it because I got little do a little more digging here to kind of find a way to actually believe the Steelers can kind of keep this game close.
0: Yeah, no, it's super interesting stuff for sure in that one that just opens the door for some great games on Sunday's action as we move on and we find the Packers at the Cowboys. This might be a weight class thing for me. We see the Mm. Cowboys are favored by seven and a half points here, which again is a lot, but let's discuss. I'm saying this as someone who hasn't been able to read the Packers at all this season. Right. But one thing we have been riding or I've been riding for sure. Cowboys at home against teams that I'm not really sure how good they are. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys do what they do and they smash these teams. So seven and a half point spread. I shouldn't really be that afraid of if I'm afraid of the extra half point. I shouldn't be right now. The Cowboys do put up a lot of points at home against these not so good teams. And the Packers, on their side of things, they haven't really played a good team in like over a month. Like we're talking Bears, Vikings, Panthers, Bucks, like they haven't really done much as of late. So for that reason, I'm going to be laying the seven and a half points with the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, giving them a little, you know, letting the Cowboys get some happy playoff vibes Before it all comes crashing down, as Mm -hmm. we know that it always does for the Cowboys. But they get one home win. Right. I think that's pretty good for a week. Let them hype themselves up. How about them Cowboys?
1: Yeah. So, okay, a couple of sort of things, right? One, we obviously, as we talked about earlier, you know, very early in the podcast, going back to before the season, it was like, all right, Cowboys, I think, you know, high on the Cowboys, right? And a lot of that was, you know, production production oriented, Mm -hmm. right? So why we won bets on Dak Prescott to, you know, to do things, you know, this season, uh, as in lead the league in touchdown passes. Um, So, you know, obviously kind of high on the Cowboys as a concept this year. Um, uh, There's a sports book, I'm not going to give them the plug necessarily, but they offered this sort of promotion before the season started. And it was like, you can bet on uh, any team you want to win the Super Bowl, and you get uh, essentially like $20 a week, every win they get over the course of the season right <clears throat> and so okay. at like a minimum bet of like 200 bucks right so nice just do some math there right you're going okay at 200 bucks like i need this team to win 10 games to free roll in into the playoffs and it's a you know at that point it's a free roll bet so it's like i want to try it on something that is a little bit of a longer shot than taking like the 49ers for example mm-hmm. right and so my choices kind of came down to either the ravens or the cowboys and I felt actually a little bit better about the Ravens that I would actually wager my own money on the Ravens. And I felt lo- kind of less great about the concept of the Ravens getting to 10 wins because of how difficult the, di- the division was. So I went with the Cowboys. So I'm sitting here with a free bet on the Cowboys for like multiple thousands of dollars for them to win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Then you watch the season, and it's going well as far as the production that we talked about with pra- uh, Prescott and Lamb, et cetera, et cetera. But you have to be honest about these things. And like Mike McCarthy still exists, <laughs> right? And you just go like, okay, like this bet is not going to win. Yeah. It, it is now only going to serve as a function for me to bet on somebody else. So I just really want the Cowboys to get to like the conference final here, win these two home games, which yeah. like based on the fact that they have two home games, which is kind of a surprise right up until, you know, what like two weeks to go, is like a really, you know, nice little bonus here, but like, just get me to a matchup with the 49ers. And then I will bet the bleep out of the 49ers in that uh in the futures market. At least that's sort of the idea. But the point is, is that like, I would love to just be like, totally gung ho, like what could go wrong? Cowboys, Cowboys, Cowboys. I just look at the Cowboys like this. We got you know, when I bet, made that bet before the season, it was because they were rated in a certain way, right? That kind of low, you know, mid 60s, not a Super Bowl contender type of deal. Then it became very clear at the season that they might be kind of the, you know, theoretically a Super Bowl contender and the market sort of treated them that way. So they kept getting these like, I wouldn't say inflated spreads because they kept covering them. Right. But it's 40 to nothing against the giants, 30 to 10 against the jets, 38 to three against the Patriots. You know, they win on the road against the chargers covering, I believe it was a minus two and a half on the road. Uh, crush the Rams at home, crush the giants, 49, 17, uh, Panthers, 33, uh, 10 commanders, 45 to 10. Right. And you're just like, yeah, all they do is just hammer these teams, as you mentioned. And then the schedule kind of turns, right? Where it's like, okay, now it's go time. And you start, you know, like you tip your toe, you know, you go tippy toes in with the, like the Seahawks and they win that game, but they don't cover a big number. And I think the Seahawks are around the same kind of concept here from a level as the Packers. And, you know, they crush the Eagles, but we know that the Eagles aren't what we thought the Eagles were going into that game or what many thought the Eagles were going into that game. We had a little bit of a hint that that was going to be the case. They lose to the Bills, they lose to the Dolphins. So, like, not great. And then they, you know, probably could have, should have maybe lost to the Lions, right, in that game. And so, like, there's a lot of non-covers there down the stretch once they started playing real teams. So, you mentioned the idea of like the Packers kind of not really playing real teams. At least they're playing kind of teams on their level in those, you know, in those games and and handling them, you know, just absolutely handling the Vikings. Handling the Bears pretty comfortably, you know, I think that Thanksgiving win on the road in Detroit is kind of like a very similar, to, you know, um, test really for this game. And then I look at like Jordan Love, right? And, you know, speaking of bets that I made way back when, right, when Aaron Rodgers leaves the Packers, Jordan Love was like a billion to one to like win the MVP. And I was like, you know, let's throw a couple of bucks on Jordan Love to win MVP. And then you'd sit there and be like, Matt, you lost that bet. That was a bad bet. Jordan Love was second to Dak Prescott in touchdown passes this year, mm-hmm. so you can tell me whatever you want to tell me about the Josh Allen's and the Tuas and all the quarter and the Mahomes's and, and and those guys that you're excited about, but at least you know from actual results as far as throwing the ball to a human being into the end zone, <laughs> Jordan Love was the second best at doing that this mm-hmm. season, right? And so the Cowboys, you know, had lost uh, Hankins, their defensive tackle a few weeks ago, and they have become more vulnerable on the ground. And Aaron Jones has come back after sort of being star-crossed throughout the season. Like, is he going to play? Is he not going to play? Is he going to play for five plays and then be out. He's now, you know, you've seen it the last few weeks here. He's now in there and he's running amok. And you forget that Aaron Jones, like, might be a top five running back at this point in the league. And so if the Cowboys are going to allow more, you know, uh, you know, more yards on the ground here and set Jordan love up in a Packers offense that they're pulling guys, you know, as we've talked about before, I think like Melton, right? Like who's that guy's like, Oh, he was on the practice squad and they had a bunch of injuries. So like now he's a hundred yard per game, like dude catching touchdowns and, 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 you know, fighting for balls and stuff like that. There's a lot of weapons. There's a lot of ways for the Packers to score. And, and I think they score with the Cowboys in this game. I wouldn't be shocked if they won this game outright. But like I'm definitely into the idea of taking the Packers plus this many points. And it isn't, quote unquote, too many points either. Because if you take the ratings for both of these teams, we mentioned obviously the Cowboys rating being pretty high. And the, pat- and the thing that scares me a little bit here, just in general, is that the Packers are at the top of their you know, we talk range, right? And it's like, oh, when they're bad, it looks bad. And they're probably like a 35. And when it's good, it looks pretty good. But like, how good could it be? Like, well, they're kind of just an above average team here. And maybe maybe the top of their range is 55. They're being rated right now into the low 50s, right? It's a 52 53 situation for the Packers. So it's essentially as high as it's been all season. And that's usually kind of a sell, you know, the idea of a sell point, when you get that high within your range, but again, we've talked about it before. This is a team as well, go back to the preseason preview, that we had high hopes for this season. And it might have mm-hmm. just taken them half a season to kind of get going here. And so I think both teams are able to score. I think you're, you know the over isn't, a, isn't the worst thing I've ever seen. I'd be a little bit scary because it's into the 50s, right? And it's like, okay, I don't you know, love that necessarily. But this line, because of that rate and those ratings that we mentioned, even with the Packers kind of being at the highest point of their rating, makes this about a fair spread, like maybe even Cowboys minus eight. So I can see why at minus seven, people were looking to gobble that up. Because if your projections say eight and the line opens seven, the way that this did sort of, you know, most widely on Sunday, you're going to grab the Cowboys and bump, you know, and of course that's going to turn the line from seven to seven and a half. If everybody's betting minus seven, I just look at it from a matchup standpoint. I think both these teams score and I think the Packers can stay within it. And again, I don't trust you know, Mike McCarthy to do the correct thing and maybe the wrong thing as he's tried to do it, what, four times this season, maybe the wrong thing ends up in him pulling off a cover because they're up seven and he decides to throw it 30 yards down the field when all he needs to do is like run the ball or kneel it out or whatever. And we get burned that way. Cause listen, we've seen that, you know, that almost happened to the lions, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I just, I'm going to keep going up against it. I'm going to be, I'm going to say like Mike McCarthy is giving points away for his team that aren't accounted for in the point spread aren't accounted for in the rating. And the rating hasn't changed despite the fact that they basically like have outside of the last game there, as we mentioned, going through the schedule, like they haven't covered these games once the schedule got a little bit more intense. And so I think at least highly enough of the Packers to think that they're on the level of the Seahawks, you know, obviously they, beat the the Lions earlier in the season so like they're getting closer to like Lions level which would kind of be the next stop on the highway here so yeah I I love the Packers here at plus seven and a half
0: yeah no you're everything you just said the funniest part is the Mike McCarthy thing right because if like Mike McCarthy wasn't involved in this whole scenario I really wonder what the Dallas Cowboys ceiling could be with like what we deem or what collectively the NFL deems yeah. as a good
1: coach. And you know he, what I mean? Yeah. And he's so like the poster boy for it. Right. Because he takes over and he's like, all right, you know, get out of here. Kellen Moore, I'm taking over the offense. And it's like, it's hard to argue that that wasn't the right move mm-hmm. because like the offense like went off this season. Yeah. Um, obviously it was augmented by like a million pick sixes, but like they, from a points scored sandwich, they led the league yeah. in points. Uh, But that's the kind of that's the point. And you have all these teams that are now hiring, you know, head coaches. And it's going to be interesting to see and evaluate who gets what job. Because it's like, yeah, just because you're a really good offensive coordinator, which I think Mike McCarthy probably is, doesn't mean that you're a really good head coach. And, you know, Antonio Pierce, for example, right? That's a guy who probably wouldn't ever be a coordinator in the NFL. But like, if he can do the things at the very highest level, like that a head coach should be. Um, should be doing that we should be sort of interviewing guys to do because we grab all these guys and think, you know, there's a bunch of, you know, hot offensive coordinators, Ben Johnson with Detroit, Bobby Sloak mm-hmm. with the Texans. Like what if those guys get, head coaching jobs. And it's like, cool, you're probably going to have a good offense, but like, are you going to be Mike McCarthy and give points back for dumb decisions when it comes to in-game management, right? Yeah. And like, there are probably people off the street, hell, you and I could probably come in and do a better job of in-game managing, right? And if you don't have a guy in your ear as a head coach that knows this stuff in and out, like you're at a disadvantage. And I think, you know, uh, my, uh, Matt LaFleur is better at the in-game stuff Mm -hmm. in keeping and sort of buying his team a point or two here or there than McCarthy is. And when we're talking about a situation where like, yeah, they don't need to win the game by eight. They just need to win win the game by whatever. And Mike McCarthy starts kicking field goals from 55 yards out or going (laughs) for weird stuff. Like I just, I don't want to be on that side asking them to play this like perfectly buttoned up edition of their game.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I, I'm with you. I understand. I'm almost about to change the pick, but I'm not going to change I'm the pick because this will just add into my hatred of the Cowboys. Yeah, <laughs> you're the game thrive plays on out. It. Yes, as the game plays out, as you just described, you're like Zeke Elliott, <laughs> just like gobbling up the the hate. Oh man, too to funny. To reference a former Cowboy. Yes, another really good game on Sunday has the. Los Angeles Rams in Detroit taking on the Lions. Lions favored by three. Obviously, all the talk is about the revenge game. Matt Stafford back in Detroit. Jared Goff taking on the Rams and McVay who gave up on them. All this fun stuff. Cool storyline headlines. We get that. In terms of gambling here, I've liked the Rams all season. Like we've enjoyed a run of betting on the Rams a lot. I I mentioned earlier. Uh, The Packers not really having a good or not feeling like I had a good read on the Packers in terms of when to bet on them, when to bet against them. The Rams, I feel like I felt okay with them all season in terms of when to bet on them, when to not bet on them. Right now you're getting a field goal. And you're playing a Lions team in their first home playoff game since 1993. That is just a crazy stat. Where I had to stop and think about what was going on in 1993. Like, yeah. I think I was still dressing up as Joe Carter for Halloween as a kid <laughs> <laughs> because the Blue Jays were winning back-to-back World Series, right? Like, what are we talking about here, right? Yeah. That's just crazy. The Jared Goff stuff is cool. I get that. But McVeigh, if there's someone who knows Jared Goff, gonna be McVay I'm interested to see how that plays out but I also think that on the flip side McVay playoff he knows what to do here pound the ball run the ball and they got two receivers that are able to get open consistently I don't know I, I think I trust McVay here in this coaching matchup and give me the the Rams plus the points I wish I could get an extra half point but hey that's why Vegas is Vegas yeah I'll take the three here with the Rams plus three and it's so funny that you
1: say that, too, because, I, you know, in roughing out um, my previews for this game, like that's kind of the way that I look at this point spread market, mm-hmm. because I think the Rams are. I mean, they're certainly the easiest team this week, this weekend to talk uh, yourself into an upset. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it just it jumps off the page because every, you know, just from a branding perspective.
0: But I don't right? like that
1: and all right and so like so this you know that sort of superfluous idea where you know even just think about the games that we just talked about right where it's like well the Cowboys like seven and a half point underdogs like they're not going to lose like they might uh this you know Steelers obviously 10 point underdogs they're not going to win right nobody liking the Dolphins in the cold and then you know you know I would you even really call if the Texans won that game outright necessarily an upset like it's a home underdog, right? It's an easy case to kind of make on, like I said, like a very surface level type thing. Until you you know dive deep and you're kind of like, I don't really like any of these matches. So, why the reason I say that is because I don't, you know, I I think the number should be four. Okay, so think about it this way, right? We've seen the lions in these various games, comparable teams to the Rams, right? Seahawks, Packers, um, you know, Vikings when they are healthy, like the number for that, for those games are five and a half, six, like Bears, not not that they're necessarily comparable to the Rams, but like that's, you know, up over a touchdown, you know, Raiders up over a touchdown into these, you know, sort of stratospheric type levels, right? And just because they didn't necessarily cover those games doesn't mean that that wasn't the correct point spread. So I think this number based on everything that we've kind of had all season long here, coming up with a rating for the Lions, which is held pretty steady here um, at like 5960, right? Like not quite Super Bowl contender, but certainly a playoff team. And when you go through it, it's kind of amazing to see how many playoff teams are just substandard when it comes to the betting market. And you're like, man, maybe there just weren't that many really kind of good teams. And, and we've talked about the divide right earlier on in the season. There's a huge kind of gap between the contenders and the pretenders here. And this is sort of an example of this gap kind of tightening, where the Rams have kind of gotten out of that group and have like kicked into sort of not necessarily Super Bowl from two years ago version Rams. But they're kind of like out on the loose. Like if this was like a, a marathon, right? They would have left the the peloton, right? If this is the Tour de France, they would have ran out of the peloton to catch the leaders here. And I, I just think it's kind of a little bit too far. Because I know that as you mentioned, and I literally wrote this, that'll be in the preview today is like the market won't allow this to be three and a half Mm -hmm. because of the interest in the Rams, even though I think the number should be four or certainly at least three and a half, the market's just not going to let it. They're just going to be like, yeah, give me the plus three and a half in a game that they kind of consider something of a coin flip for all the reasons that you mentioned the McVeigh golf thing, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just like the reason that the Lions have this against the spread record that they do, where it's like they're better than, I think, two-thirds and better than 66% against the spread under Dan Campbell and certainly in the last year and a half, is that because there's always an excuse to bet against the Lions, right? There's always a sort of theoretical vulnerability in that. Again, 1993
0: uh, is a long time ago.
1: Yeah. And again, and and, and that's what I mean by branding, right? It's like, yeah, the the Rams are considerably different, but there are a lot of players obviously still from the Super Bowl team. But it's like, yeah, it's the team that won the Super Bowl two years ago. And this is a Rams team that hasn't had a home playoff game in 30 years. And it's
0: like, yeah.
1: Yes, a Lions team that haven't uh, haven't had a playoff game in 30 years. And so you go, yeah, like, of course I like the underdog in this game. And I'm not saying me. I'm saying like human beings. Like it's human nature to do that. But again, that's what's caused this line to be minus three, when I think it should be minus four. And so I have to, and I shouldn't say I have to, but like, part of my deal is like, I'm going to bet that kind of a gap, if I can make a, you know, not an excuse, but I can find a reason for why the market is feeling that way. Mm -hmm. And kind of, you know, matchup wise, I can go against it, right. And like, so I'm gonna bet. I've got the Lions minus three here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't do it at three and a half. Which again is sort of the point with all of this, right? <laughs> it's not that I'm like dying to bet the Rams at plus three and a half, but like at three, there's a half point of value on a key number where I get out of dodge here, and that you know with a with a uh, Lions you know by three type of victory, I get the push. Those who were able to get plus three and a half, if it ha- you know was ever around, and was around for some juice, and listen, you can pay for the juice if you're dying to bet the plus three and a half. You know, there's a difference between winning and pushing in that, right? And that I think, especially in the playoffs, like that's going to take a large probability pie, you know, piece of the probability pie there, right? Like there's what, yeah. a 10% chance that the Lions win this game exactly by three points, like mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more. Yeah. So like, that's a pretty big edge if this happened to be plus three and a half. So again, I get why it's three and a half. But just from a like a numbers perspective, like, I think the line should be three. Um, I'm a little, obviously a little rattled that LaPorta probably not playing in this game for the lions and, you know, but you know what, this is a lions team that like, they always just kind of piece it together. yeah. And, you know, again, the, the case is pretty clear for why someone would like the Rams as far as like from a, a high level narrative uh, aspect. I just think that this is a lions team that is just better than the Rams. They're playing at home in what, by the way, for this weekend, I you know, could be more than just that sort of standard 1.75 point.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Fired up fan base, gotta be. Yeah, and if it's more than a 1.75, right? It's a two, it's a two and a half. At which point you're telling me the Lions are only like a half point or one point better Mm -hmm. than than the Rams are. It's just like, I, you know, like it's been cool that they the Rams have gotten to this point, but like, whatever. Three weeks ago, they were minus three and a half to the Saints at home, and it's just like You know, how did we get here where they're suddenly like kind of being considered on the same level as the Lions? And you know, again, if it wasn't if they didn't have this against the spread record, the Lions, where you're constantly like, Yeah, they're being underrated, under you know, thought of, Mm -hmm. then maybe it's a different story. But like, they constantly cover point spreads, they are not a disappointment in you know, from an overall perspective in the betting market. So it's like yeah, I get the team that covers like all the time and I get them at what I think is a is a little bit of a discount here or at least a 10%, you know, win probability
0: discounts. Like, yeah, I'm going to take that. No, I hear you. I hear you. That one, I'm looking forward to that game a lot because yeah. as you mentioned, I think the atmosphere will just be electric in Detroit and that's playoff football. That's going to be super fun. In an era where like there's very few, I feel like actual home field advantages that we get to see live and in living color if that makes sense right Mm -hmm. um so yeah gonna be a great one i'll be on the rams and we will see how that goes as to try to you know keep the record going but sunday is not all of the action that we got we got monday because it's super wild card weekend just got to remind you again you know super wild card weekend so
1: super you need 20 hours off (laughs) like (laughs) that's too super for me man i gotta We got to go to work. I just think of the, the
0: boardroom meeting where the exec was like, hold on. I have a great idea. What if we move one of the games and we put one on Monday and call it super wild card weekend
1: well and it was that but it was super wild card weekend when it was three and three right but what happened was nobody watched the one o'clock game on saturday because people like we got to live our lives here at
0: (laughs) At some point
1: we got to do something we got to get out you know (laughs) and like we're gonna sacrifice the one o'clock game and like put it this way if everything was kind of you know shifted forward here Mm -hmm. what's the game that You know, I shouldn't say nobody would watch the NFL, but what's the game that's going to take like a massive like downgrade in the ratings, right? It's going to be Cleveland and Houston, so they move. You know, so you know, it's not. It's not complicated. They're going to move a game from basically Saturday around noon to Monday night. And guess what? You're going to get like 10, 15, 20 million more viewers.
0: And we get to say to our significant others, hey, let's go for brunch on Saturday.
1: Yeah, let's get some stuff done. Maybe get to the Home Depot. You know, we need a new tap for the kitchen. Right. Let's change up the fire detector, the smoke (laughs) detectors. Let's change those up.
0: Let's get some of things to do things to yeah. do. Yeah, we've been putting it off, you know, <laughs> nice Mon- Monday night we got the Eagles as three point favorites in Tampa Bay against the bucks. And is there any chance that Eagles have been playing possum for the last few no. weeks? Cause they've looked rough <laughs> one win in their last six games. And I mean, it's been so bad for the Eagles that I'm sitting here betting on Baker Mayfield In the playoffs, not a place I thought it would be in 2024, but here we are. As I'm on the Bucks plus three, and I don't feel comfortable with this at all. But I don't know where the positives are in the Eagles right now, and because we've seen games that like they needed to win, and they got nothing.
1: So let's talk about this kind of from like a bit of an obscure sort of way, and maybe we should talk about it from this angle a little bit more. Um. You know, we talked about the idea, like, okay, all these teams, um, oh, like, how could this team get upset? This team could get upset, right? This falls in the same category where it's like, well, the Eagles, hell yeah, they haven't looked good, but, like, they're not going to lose, right? They're not going to get upset in the first round, right? Like, it's, again, a lot easier to see the uh, Lions lose in the first round than it is the Eagles, even though the Lions are playing roughly a billion times better than the Eagles are coming into into the playoffs. And of course, it helps that, you know, the Buccaneers who played in this Monday night game last year and got housed by the Cowboys. And all essentially all they've did, done from from that point to this point is trade Tom Brady for Baker Mayfield. And so it's <laughs> like, oh, God, when you put it that way, like that's rough. But but the sort of obscure, sort of, you know, um, abstract way I, I'm looking at it is from the opening point spread. Okay. And so, based on kind of the branding issues that you have here um, between the Eagles and the Buccaneers, the, the opening point spread was minus one and a half for the Eagles, right? Okay. And so... You know, this is this is the playoffs, man. Like, this isn't week ten, and there's fifteen games, and like, this is buried in a one o'clocker, and we don't okay. know who's gonna play, and all that kind of thing. Like, when you open a point spread in the playoffs, at from an odds maker perspective, like, you don't really want it to move a ton. Like, yeah. you're you're you know, you're really trying to get it right the first time. You're and again, there's only six games, so like, you can put a full focus into the line that you make. And they oh. made this game one and a half. And so it kind of comes down to, and I shouldn't say come down to this, but at least I sort of, the way I think about it is I go, who do you trust more? The like small room of people making this line, which normally the answer would be not them. But I think in this case, it is them or the people kind of looking at that number going, I can get the Eagles under a field goal. Like, I don't care how bad they've looked like, give me the Eagles under a field goal. And So much so that it's pushed this up to three. Mm -hmm. Like, I kind of think the odds makers were right in the first place and that this line should be under three. And it should be what I would perceive to be a difficult decision on whether to bet the Eagles under a field goal or to ask the Buccaneers essentially at that point to win the game outright. Because when you're looking at a plus one and a half plus two, that's kind of the thing that you're asking them to do. Now that this line is up to three, bet up to three, buy a market that honestly, in some cases, like, is it because you really like the Eagles or because you think everybody else is going to like the Eagles? Because if you're sitting there with a minus one and a half ticket, now you can bet the Buccaneers at plus three and you win if this game lands on three. So you've essentially created a synthetic line of plus three and a half. Now, how great would Bucks plus three and a half be, right? And all you had to do was bet the Eagles at minus one and a half Thinking correctly, as it turns out, that the line was going to go up for you to be able to come back later in the week when line, when uh, limits are higher and bet and bet back even more on the bucks. So I kind of think that's what's kind of happened here, where it's like the line was probably correct in the first place. The assumption that everybody was going to like the Eagles, even despite their struggles, and God knows there have been a ton. That was going to create the market to go up. Now we're at three. And now it's time to back on the Buccaneers. And so, you know, whether or not you bet that first Eagles price, you know, or not here, I think once plus three hits, it becomes kind of an easy bet to make. Now we'll see whether it wins, loses, whatever, who knows? Because maybe the Eagles have that switch. I just, they'd have used it by now. Let's put it that way. Because they lose that game to the Cardinals and that game was not a fluke loss. No they got absolutely boat raced by the Cardinals, and it should have been, I shouldn't say it shouldn't have been over, but like it should have been on the writing should have been on that wall in in the first half as we talked about it last week. Right. But they get that big touchdown, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you can tell me that like, well, they kind of, you know, we just assumed the Cowboys were going to beat the the commanders. So like we weren't really trying or whatever, you know, however, whatever BS you want to do with that. It's like, I don't think so, man. Like I watched a lot of those week 18 games and teams are trying, like even when they have no business trying, or even when like Carson Wentz is involved in our lives. Right. It's just like, you know, if all these other teams are doing it, what's the Eagles excuse other than like, man, they just might not be it. And like, yeah, this, the magical season might've happened the same way the magical Eagles season happened with Nick Foles. And then like two years later, it's like Nick Foles isn't anywhere to be found. Carson Wentz is out on the street and Doug Peterson's coaching in Jacksonville. Right. It's like, just because you made the Super Bowl one year with, again, as we've beaten to death here with a pretty convenient schedule doesn't and you start the season 10 and one in the pretty easy schedule portion of your program here doesn't mean that you're some awesome team and you just get to be good, the re, you know, until the rest of time. Yeah, you have to play well as well. And the losing of the coordinators on both sides of the ball might have, you know, a pretty significant sort of. Um, you know, factor, maybe being played differently, knowing that you can't get to third and one against the Eagles. Maybe that, you know, the league always kind of figures out a way. And I don't, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know necessarily how you sort of avoid third and ones <laughs> as a, from a strategic standpoint, but like, I also don't know how all of the other stuff, stuff, you know, the wildcat used to work. Right. Mm-hmm. And now like that doesn't work anymore. It's like people figure this stuff out, even if the math sort of, you know, makes it hard for you to figure that out. So I just look at it and I go, okay, but the bad news is and all of this, as much as we keep dropping the Eagles rating, man, it'd be really nice if the Buccaneers looked, you know, any good the last few weeks. (laughs) Yeah. You know, like first, you know, chance number one to clinch the, you know, clinch the division. It's like, how about you get boat raced at home by the saints? It's like, Oh God. It's like, okay, well, they're going to take care of business here on the road against Carolina. And it's like, can I interest you in three field goals? (laughs) it's like well no but i mean i guess if you just shut the other team out well i'll take it but it's like god and like baker's like you know he's feeling a little just happy to be here as far as like he's got the grin going about like we won the division even though i'm like super banged up and all that kind of stuff and it's just like man like i can't say that the buccaneers are some serious team right it's just it comes down to like i'm getting three points here the markets pushed it out, as I mentioned, with regards to kind of how I think the market is sort of being played with here a little bit. I wouldn't be shocked if this game came back down to two and a half. Hmm. Um, at that point, you, you're, you know, the reason it's not going to is because you really leave yourself vulnerable at plus three. If you've all you've got is you know early week minus one and a half, minus two tickets, then a ton of plus three tickets. Once limits went up, like why with heavy limits would you want to go back down to minus two and a half, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to kind of know that the Buccaneers are going to win this game if you're going to go to minus two and a half with the bigger limits. Because, you know, for those who don't know, right, these Sunday games, these Sunday lines open up. And like the, the limits aren't big. They're just information gathering, right? People bet them and you go, oh, okay, we were a little bit off here, but it's not going to cost us because the most you could get down is like a thousand bucks, depending on the sports book that we're talking about. It's like once you get to Saturday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars in limits here. So like you're going to find out who people really like uh, mm-hmm. here after this podcast airs. And so it'll be interesting to see where this line goes. I'd be shocked if it went to three and a half. Because, you know, that means going all the way through three on this Eagles team that, you know, again, injuries, you can throw some of that into the mix here with some of the guys that are hobbling off. But just general ineffectiveness and a defense that like can be vulnerable and I think can be vulnerable to Baker Mayfield because the one thing that you can sort of hang your you know uh, hopes on here is that the Panthers and the Saints have just a better pass defense. Than the Eagles do, and so maybe that's why it didn't look so great for the Bucks these last couple of weeks. Maybe it'll go back to looking like it did against the Packers three weeks ago, where the Buccaneers were certainly capable of just absolutely lighting up a bad secondary, um, and that's kind of what I'm hoping here with the Bucks. I like this to me is the upset um, of the week. If if you know Sunday night doesn't work out, um, which again I kind of don't think it's going to, this is the one where I think to me, the the upset makes the most sense.
0: It'll be again. This is a great wild card weekend because I feel like in years past, there's way more like bigger point spreads. It's so and much
1: better than it could have been, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. And I just think like that has me looking forward to each and every game, right? Like each and every game, there's like interesting storyline, just interesting matchups. And I can't say that, you know, you're for sure on a side for any game because they're all so like interesting. Like I wouldn't be surprised by any outcome in any of these games is what I'm trying to say here. But sure. as you mentioned, between now and Saturday, there could be some more line movement in one game or the other. But Where can the people find you to get the information they so crave? Yeah,
1: everything I write over at the score, on your phone, on the app, over in the bet section there. We're giving it the Thursday night, Monday night type treatment here, right? Where it's every game, individual um, preview. You know, we're looking at the line, what the line sort of should be, what the line, you know, why the line is what it is. Uh, And then props, props, props. Um, You know, during the regular season, it's kind of one player prop from a yardage or completions or whatever perspective, and then one touchdown. For these games, you're going to, you know, for the most part, we're going to go up to two touchdowns, maybe even three anytime touchdowns okay. and, and sort of look at a two or three player props here so that even if we don't necessarily love a side and we'll have a side or a total for every single game, that's the, that's the struggle I have here with Pittsburgh and Buffalo, because that total is so low that I'm, you know, I'm not dying to hit the under and I'm certainly not looking to get the over either. And we meant obviously we talked about the idea of the point spread being a difficult challenge, you know, because sometimes, the you know, there's going to be props that we like a little bit more, but uh, yeah everything you can you'd ever want basically and i should mention a couple of other things in the deep recesses of the preview you got to scroll all the way to the bottom we're i'm throwing in a same game parlay forever okay and i want to sort of just put this out there for people like we're talking like the five dollar you know if you get the sweat free you know you know refund parlay type deals that kind of thing you know a bonus bet that kind of thing I put something in at the bottom for everybody. It's going to be, I think the idea is every game is going to have a hundred to one same game parlay in it. Let's at the go. very bottom just for a couple of dollars. If you promise me you won't parlay anything else, <laughs> you just bet everything individually. People like we just talked about nine uh, up 90 units on the season. None of those outside of the round robin money line parlay that accounted for, I think, you know, somewhere around 10 or 12 or something like that. None of those were parlays. This is just the accumulation of winning bets every Monday, every Thursday, every Mm -hmm. Sunday, like over time, like it adds up, treat the playoffs the same way. And in exchange, you get a little $5, hundred to one stupid same game parlay at the end. And then later on this week, everybody who loves the old round robin underdog money line parlay Can't really do it this week unless you literally expect like all five underdogs or five of the six underdogs to win. If you do, listen, knock yourself out. (laughs) Maybe three underdogs do win. Like it's certainly possible. We're going round robin anytime touchdown parlay. Let's go. Five touchdown scorers at sort of better than plus 150, maybe even a little bit longer than that, depending on the game. You round robin those things by threes. Last year we hit four out of five and we had the fifth one on the monday night you'll, you know longtime listeners and, and readers will remember chris godwin we needed chris yeah. godwin oh, i remember to score on monday night i remember and they just they, they kept driving especially in garbage time they're down like 20 points whatever it was tom brady it's just like throw it to godwin man and he just couldn't connect with him and we were this close to the five touchdowns uh, so we're gonna bring that back for wildcard weekend so look for that as well on the weekend
0: let's go i am super excited for this wild card weekend and so it will be fun to follow along on twitter you can follow me on the app formerly known as twitter at shell alexander on instagram at sheldon alexander and of course you know you're gonna see some other stuff there if you're following me over the weekend because there's lots of rap stuff going on too so i apologize if you're there for the football there's a lot of rap stuff but hey this is the beauty of this time of year where there's lots of sports going on. Slovenian so, okay.
1: rants? Slovenian. <laughs> is
0: Slovenian? Is he Slovenian? What is it? Uh, he might be Serbian. Okay. Serbian, he's Serbian Serbian. I think he's What's Serbian. What's
1: better than a Serbian referee rant? Like, absolutely iconic type stuff. Good for I was fired up for that, for sure.
0: Maybe uh, one of these teams should get Darko in to give their, their pregame speech. Might fire up the troops here. Give me Darko game.
1: over McCarthy. anyway. <laughs>
0: super fun times for sure Matt thanks again we'll see you of course next week as I always say I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this this is a clutch pick sports betting podcast each and every week in the NFL season as always unpolished and unapologetic until next time see ya